Hello, welcome to Christian Concerns Round the Table, a really radically inclusive welcome to everyone who's watching on YouTube and Facebook or maybe listening uh, on our podcast channels later. Uh, this is a great opportunity each Friday to speak about some of the important issues going on and tell some of the stories related to our work. And we've got a good one today. Uh, we're uh, going to be joined by Izzy Montague, who's um, a mother who's challenged her her child's former school over a compulsory pride event. Um, thanks for joining us, Izzy. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's really great to have you. And also by Tim Dieppe, who's often hosting the show himself, but today he comes live from his home. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Very good, Paul. Good to, have, good to be on. Good. Um, well, hopefully some of you have seen um, in the news and uh, through Christian Concerns uh, emails and social medias um, about Izzy Montague, who in recent weeks has been challenging her child's former school over what happened uh, about a, a Pride event. Uh, Izzy has been on TV and various debates and over these years since her case started quite a few years ago. Um, but Izzy, it didn't... Um, you, you weren't weren't particularly used to going on TV before all of this happened. So just tell us tell us how this all started. What 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 kicked all of this off? So um, it started with um, the school um, organising um, a pride parade. I thought that you know that obviously wasn't something that we could participate in. So we um, didn't allow our child to go to, um, you know, the school that day and be part of the Pride Parade, thinking that that would be the end of it. But instead, the school decided to become more radical with it and, you know, just start pushing this agenda. And, yeah, so that was it for me. I had just felt that we were at a loss, didn't know where to turn to, didn't know where to go. And from there, you know, I, you know, Got the help that I needed, and yeah, everybody found that everybody you know had this concern as well, and was quite interested to know more about it. And yeah, that's how yeah it, it turned into you know like press, you know, wanting to know more about you know what was going on and what goes on in schools. So tell us just back to that initial point. Did they did they send you a letter about the pride? event happening or did they just tell you it was going to happen or did they just tell tell you you had to dress up with rainbows or what how did it all happen i mean they they believe that you know they gave some notice and the notice that they gave was a blog at the beginning of june um just basically saying that this is lgbt month it's part of um their themes that they you know do you know throughout the year and this month they can they're gonna celebrate LGBT. And what was really strange about this blog was that it was a way to to bring everything that they had done in the school together. So LGBT um equaled absolutely everything. Um so they had um previously celebrated um Black History Month, women's um rights and everything, but this was the month that was gonna bring everything together because that's what LGBT. Um, celebration does so that I, I didn't get any warning about this I just heard that um, a lot of parents were voicing concerns over something but it was the school's take on how parents were voicing their concerns that you know made me a little bit suspicious because they they wrote a letter to parents but this time it wasn't just on in a blog 
this letter was like posted everywhere. It was in the, the book bags, it was everywhere. And this letter was very vague, but it was clamping down on parents who oppose these views of uh, whatever they wanted to celebrate. And in the letter, he didn't mention anything about LGBT. It was more to do with uh, um, equality and diversity. And I just thought that was a bit strange because I was thinking, why would parents have a problem with um, equality and diversity? I mean, not to know that that is what the school equated, you know, LGBT to, that that's all it is. It's nothing else. It's all about diversity and, and equality. Tim, this this kind of uh, this uh, this idea of equality and diversity, sort of really just meaning some kinds of equality and diversity, is quite common, isn't it? What um, what's your take on that? Well, it's code language, actually, and not everyone gets the code. But the code language, and and Izzy was quite a new parent at the school at the time. I think when you Izzy, I mean, your, your child's just four years old or something, um, and so she was just sort of feeling the ropes of these things, but. Um, quite often equality and diversity means like promotion of lgbt ideology and the lgbt lifestyles and all of that kind of thing as you know so-called diversity and so-called equality um and of course it's not very equal for someone like izzy who you know in conscience quite rightly objects to you know their children being um sexualized or exposed to sexualized ideology in this kind of way um, where's the equal treatment for Izzy? I mean, it, you know, she was kind of bullied and harassed and all of that kind of thing. You know, you know, it's actually a celebration of kind of anti-Christian diversity, really, and um, and an unequal treatment of people because you know, if you don't, if you don't, you know, you're prepared to celebrate this stuff. I mean, Izzy didn't even ask the school not to do it. She just said, oh, "Please can my son not participate in this? Please can my son not celebrate this pride event? In fact, you know, celebrate these alternative lifestyles." And for that, she was bullied and intimidated and harassed and all of this kind of stuff, which we'll get onto. Um, so in the name of equality and diversity, they're actually using it to promote a particular agenda and any um, sort of dissension from that is clamped down on very harshly. So Izzy, I understand there was there were there were a number of parents who were who were concerned about what was going on um, at Heber's Farm, which is a school. Um, what what made you stand up and what did you what did you do? after all this? How did how did you stand up and, and what influenced you taking that step? Um, I mean, I, I think I was like mortified that the school was doing this. It didn't really cross my mind when I was sending him to a school that they would ever do such a thing like this. I mean, I think in, in the process of how I, I believe was we send our children to school I was a new, you know, parent, you know, sending this was my first child that I had gone um sent to school. So I just believe that they, you know, went to school, learned, you know, academic, you know, learning. And that was something that, you know, I was quite keen on, um, you know, with help in in doing. But I didn't think that they were gonna touch so heavily on any other particular subject. And you know, when you you're trying to raise your son in a particular way, children, you know, all children in a particular way, we, you know, as, as the Christian, you're trying to, you know, really, you know, they're very young. So anything that, you know, challenges that can obviously interfere with what you're doing at home. And I never imagined that the school would, you know, do something like this. So when I first heard about it, I, I was mortified. I was, I was completely like, I thought something must have, you know, someone made a mistake. Um, but my first interaction about this was in a newspaper 
And, you know, I understand the newspaper, do, you know, but not always accurate. So my first instance was to speak to somebody. I'm very good at sending emails, but I actually wanted to speak to somebody and understand it from their perspective. Um, and I was told that this was an assembly and that it's their duty to do this. And yet under no circumstances, why should a parent object to something like this? And I just thought, this is odd. So I actually, you know, spoke to his class teacher and the class teacher was very nice and everything else, but she just was like, this is what we're doing, you know, and you, he has to do it as well. So I was just feeling a bit bullied. I just felt that there was just no way to kind of, no one, it was like talking and no one was understanding. And I, I felt that was a bit odd because normally if you object to something and say that you, do, you don't feel comfortable to do something and you even say this is your beliefs and they can't join in, all the time I thought that they respect, schools respect that. This was a school that um, doesn't serve pork and they say that it's because of respect for Islamic um, um, beliefs. So I, I was saying exactly the same thing, but they just was closing the door, saying that, you know, sorry. So I thought this is bullying, this is an agenda, that they're saying that your beliefs doesn't count. And my beliefs does count very much, you know, to us. So I thought I can't continue with this. There has to be a way that this school has to understand that you have to respect parents when you're send, when they send their children into the school. It's not their children, it's our children. And, you know, why do they feel that they can just take our children and, you know, start teaching them and radicalising them and, in a way, grooming them into what they believe is like a perfect world of, of children? Yeah, so, but yeah, that's what just made me say, like, I'm, I can't take this. So what happened next? You you kept complaining did you and then and i know i know there's a meeting uh, a famous meeting that happened later on so tell, tell us about that so yeah so um i, I was deeply upset i mean i i think that you know the word deeply upset probably doesn't comprehend it i, I did write a, a complaint letter and i did write the complaint letter before i had spoken to her but i think one of the reasons why i did that in such a um, why I was so upset was because it had already happened and it just felt like there was nowhere to turn to. I wasn't hearing another voice. So the complaint letter was very deep. And um, we did, you know, she did receive the letter eventually and um, we arranged to have a meeting. And in the meeting, it was quite clear from the offset that she just wasn't interested with anything that, you know, we had to say. Um, we were warned that the meeting would be terminated if there was any homophobic, transphobic remarks. So already, I had already heard those remarks being made to parents who had voiced their concerns. So I personally felt that after receiving my complaint letter that didn't voice any homophobic, transphobic language, um, the fact that she would say that at the beginning of the meeting already I, you know, I felt that she was saying that the whatever I had put in the complaint letter must have been homophobic already. So it wasn't a good start to the meeting. And is, this then, the meeting is this the meeting, is he, where they had the T-shirt as well in it? Correct. I mean, obviously, in my face, if it wasn't enough to be told about 
the meeting being terminated, there was a lovely T-shirt in, you know, bold black writing and um, telling us to be quiet if, you know, uh, um, you know, why be homophobic, transphobic, um, racist when you can just be quiet? So, I mean, it, it wasn't the best. Yeah. That was worn by the head teacher's daughter who also attended the meeting with you about your complaint. Correct, yeah. So this, this the head teacher's daughter was the one who um, originally um, wrote the post at the beginning of June. She was the one who was quite passionate, I guess, about this because she's the one who does all the themes in the school. So right. she came to the meeting with that teacher. And, you know, that, that this is her her thing. This is, you know, what she she wants to bring to the school. So there was no wonder why she, she you know, felt that that T-shirt was appropriate for somebody, you know, like myself. Um, but I was highly offended and it just got worse in the meeting. I was told that um, the reason why I was able to attend the meeting, the reason why I'm able to even sit down in the meeting, the reason why I'm even allowed to be in the country was because LGBT had um, helped to fight for my rights. They helped with the black civil um, rights movement. And um, we should all be grateful for, um, you know, Stonewall for fighting for us. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I was amazed at this equality and diversity, how everything was all thanks, you know, for LGBT. LGBT movement in the school would bring so many excellent, you know, um, things to the school and the children really and truly will, um, you know, be... They were, they were trying to make you feel stupid, weren't they? They were trying to make you feel like, how could you possibly object to this? You know, of course, everyone agrees with this. It helps everyone in the world, you know. And you know very exactly. well that you're not, you're not stupid enough. For, you know, you're, you're perhaps a bit cleverer than they anticipated because you can see through that nonsense. Yeah, correct. Like I said, you know, they believe they were, you know, trying to insinuate that our children would be at a disservice if they didn't receive this indoctrination. Um, I mean, the, the meeting was was highly bizarre uh, and, you know, highly offensive. We were told that there was no um, biblical, um, you know, there was actually no biblical meaning. No one knows what, what Christians actually believe in. Basically, our views were, you know, just absolutely ridiculous. We were basically just bringing homophobia um, to our, our um, to to what we believe in, they know many Christian people that don't have our our views. Um, yeah, so but you know, and nothing we were saying was just it was just you know nonsense basically to them. They they sniggered. There was just a lot of um, I, I can't explain. There was just a lot of just a, a really bad feeling from the start. So I, I think we, we the meeting was just left. I felt that maybe there was going to be some leeway. One of the things that I had asked for was just for me to know the materials that he, that was going to be taught to him whilst he was going to be there, because I had already made up my mind that he was going to go. But I just said I just needed to know the books that was going to be read um, and the posters that were around the school at the time. Um, that um, was Mum and Mum Equals Love. Dad and dad's boyfriend equals love, mum and mum's girlfriend. You know, I have to say that that was wrong. I said, is you know, these, this is... Were these Stonewall official posters? Because there was there were Stonewall posters all up around, weren't there? 
Correct. So we we addressed that. We said that these were Stonewall posters, and Stonewall is a political organisation. Is it right for a school to be, you know, siding with um, politics and um, and certain politics um, and political organisations? And we asked, well, where's the Christian posters that focuses on, you know, a relationship with, a, um, you know, man and woman in marriage? You know, and I said that he wouldn't be able to receive these posters because these posters are, are very much embarking on relationships that go outside of that. Um, she, they, they basically, I think they did put forward, well, would you want a poster up alongside it? I said, well, not really. I, I said, I just personally think that no posters should be up in the school. Um, that is basically, you know, trying to um, promote relationships. I don't understand. This is a school. And I was asked that, you know, and then I focused on the fact that it's not true. You know, two people cannot have two moms. And I was, you know, shouted at, say, and asked what is my, exactly what is my problem? And I said, well, he hasn't even learned biology and you're teaching him that he can have two moms. I said, this is just indoctrination. You are promoting, you know, a certain lifestyle to other people's children. And yeah, so that was how the meeting went. It ended, you know, not very, not very great. So Tim, what's what is the status of kind of the the rules for schools um, on these kinds of things? Um, because because since then, hasn't the Department for Education done some clarification on uh, on on this kind of material well, being in schools? Um, what have they said? So, so um, and I, well, actually, I think. Um, just this last week or so, Steve Bigu, uh, our head of education, did put ask article out about this um, because the government has been has confirmed recently that LGBT teaching is not required in primary schools. Now we knew that before; it was, it's been said before. Um, but what happened here is there's a parliamentary petition. You can still sign it. It's obtained over two hundred thousand signatures, objecting to LGBT teaching in schools and asking the government to stop it. And um, partly in response, of course, to cases like Izzy Montague's um, going on here. And the government um, put a formal response up on that petition. And I quote, says this, primary schools are not required to teach LGBT content, but can choose to teach it in an age appropriate way. Primary education has no plans to change its advice to schools on this subject. Um, so, so there you are. You know, no school can come to you and say, we must do this, which is actually what they said to Izzy, isn't it? Um, you know, that, that's actually wrong. That's false. They're, they're not required to do it as a primary school. On the other hand, though, the government sort of plays a game here because, uh, you know, elsewhere, the government said primary schools are strongly encouraged and enabled when teaching about different types of family to include families with same sex parents. Um, that's primary schools specifically as well. So, of course, you know, schools lean on that kind of thing. Um, in order to say, you know, well, we've got to really, well, at the same time, the government, on the one hand, to appease, you know, um, a whole set of people say, no, you're not required. On the other hand, say, strongly encouraged, please include same-sex parenting and stuff like that in, in these examples and so on. Um, so both sides can sort of point to the government and say, look, what the government says, the government says we should do this, should do that, all this kind of thing. So it's all a bit of a mess, really. And then, of course, activists use things like Pride Month, which is what was happening with Izzy, and now there's also LGBT History Month. I wonder how they can manage to get through 12 months a year. They've got two months of the year now um, already to cover this. Um, and um, but yeah, that's that's too. Long. It's replacing the church calendar, isn't it? I mean, so how long will they do, will they do... in, the term, in the term calendar that 
um, some schools with activists in are very much using to promote LGBT very, very, uh, very strongly, aggressively um, in that time. And even in the case of Easy School, you know, uh, forcing four-year-olds to attend a pride march and intimidating and bullying any parent who possibly objects and call them homophobic and racist and, and intolerant and all of this, when actually they're the ones that are being intolerant and um, and not allowing any any discussion or any diversity on this. Don't worry, I'm, I'm sure Heber's Farm will be putting up a, a huge load of posters for Lent uh, this year and um, <laughs> really encouraging people to repent of sins and, and turn to Christ. Uh, Maybe Don't be sarcastic, Paul. People might misunderstand you. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, thank you for all the comments so far, um, everybody. Um, lots of support for you, Izzy. Um, one comment here from pa Penny Patterson. As a grandparent, I'm very proud of you, Izzy. Uh, we're all really proud of you for, for taking this stand. Um, but just give us a bit more insight into Heber's Farm, because yours isn't actually the, even the only story um, that we've, we've had um, covered from Christian Concern's perspective. And um, maybe we can bring up this picture of of, of a post that de demonstrates what things were like at Heber's Farm. Um, it was a post from there that was on their school website um, that has a, a has someone holding up a sign saying, I have a dream if boys could go to the same toilet as girls. This is obviously a very young child in, in this primary school who uh, I believe there was some teaching on, um, on Martin Luther King. Uh, children were encouraged to write down what their dreams were as Martin Luther King's uh, was and somehow this this really young child is you know the thing that they really dream for is this kind of transgender equality or this idea um this just gives people an insight into into what things were like with Heber's farm um is he is that what it, is that what it was like and um and tell us what happened after this meeting you know were there any other consequences so I mean, after that, um, I was, you know, I really did think that, you know, that would be the end of it. I was awaiting the response, <sighs> and then in between that, maybe about two weeks later, um, my husband comes home with, um, you know, with our son, and you know, he's told me that he's been in detention um, for three hours, and he was met with the class teacher who said that he had been in detention for three hours and he was going to go back again to detention the next day because he didn't complete the detention that day, even though he had been there for three hours, he he didn't complete it. So I don't know how long the one that day should have been, but the next day he had to go back again. So, I mean, I, I'm somebody, you know, I understand children misbehave. So I, I first believe that, you know, something had happened with our son and, I asked him what had happened. He had just turned five not so long ago. Um, he's a, you know, late, you know, he's August born. So, it, you know, he his speech wasn't, you know, completely there. But what he made out when, you know, was that something happened in the room that he was being shouted at and there was more than one person in this room. And that really concerned me because I was thinking, OK, something's not right here. So I spoke to the teacher and at the time I was actually thinking it was just, an, you know, an incident that had nothing to do with anything that had happen happened previously. So I rang to speak to his teacher. She rang me back. And one of the first things that she had said after she told me that she had already explained to my husband what had happened was, um, but I don't know much. It's got nothing to do with me. I, I, I don't want to be involved. 
And as a mom, when you're hearing that, you're thinking, involved in what exactly? And straight away, I just felt, oh no, has this got something to do with, you know, me making the complaint and the whole LGBT thing? So, you know, she said that somebody was going to get, she told me about the Hey Teacher's daughter, the um, daughter that wore the T-shirt. She said that she was the one who was involved in, in, in it. So I thought, oh no. Okay, I mean, she said that she was going to give me a call back. I didn't get a call back. Nobody responded to me. So I again, I wrote to um, the head teacher, and that was very, you know, calm in the email. I just said, you know, I just want to know what's happened. Something has happened today. He's received a three-hour detention. I don't think he's done any work. What's happened? And I just was, you know, silence. Nobody got back to me. The next day, my husband told a class teacher that, because we're investigating what's happened with this, um, the, the detention that he had the, d the day before, that we don't want him to have another detention until we clarify ex all the details, what had happened the day before. Um, the teacher said, okay, that's fine. Um, I had rang that morning, tried to get through to somebody, and basically I was just being laughed at. They knew I was calling frantically, and they just refused. No one you know, wanted to get back to me. Um, they just were, it was tormenting, and they were, they were tormenting me from me being quite, you know, just complaining about this whole LGBT thing. This was like, I felt like they were, you know, getting me back um, for it because they deliberately knew that this was my child now. And I was, you know, trying to get in contact with them and they were just deliberately working me up, trying to get a reaction out of me. Um, so later on that day, we went to collect our son. I asked the class teacher, did he receive a detention again? And she said, yes. And it was it, that was hurtful because all day I'd been on the phone, I'd emailed to find out if he was in detention. I was lied to saying that, no, he hasn't received a detention. And then to go to pick him up to find out that this child who barely could, you know, speak, you know, was just being, you know, taken away and just being used as some kind of, like porn in order to get back at me for my voicing my my concerns about this and objections. It was hurtful. And the, the head teacher just did not want to speak to me. She had made it very clear that I was out of the school. I was nobody that she wanted to to, to, to you know to to even calm down and say, you know, Mrs. Montague, it's normal. This is the school policy. She just felt that whatever it was, you know, I was nobody. And, and and that you know pretty much came out with in court because it was very much a case where because I had complained because my complaint letter was you know quite um, quite strong um, because I'd gone to the papers then yeah you know she had already had a bad feeling about me so why should she engage in me even if I'm concerned about my my son. So, yeah, so we've fought, fast forwarded there to, to the court case, which, I mean, the, all of this actually happened, was it 2018? Um, yeah, so, yeah, 2018. Almost five years ago now. Um, yeah. And it's taken a while for us to get it uh, with the Christian Legal Centre's help to court, but that happened um, in the last few weeks. Tell us tell us what your experience was of court and um, and what, your, what was your take on, on how that went? So it, it was tough. Uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, justice had to be served with the school. You know, they were wrong from, from start to finish. 
But I think in, in my thoughts were that they did something that, you know, a lot of people do, but when you're in the wrong, you you lie. And and that's exactly what they did. They went to court to lie, basically. They denied the whole purpose of why we went to court, which was because they were celebrating LGBT. If you were there, if you were present, you would they put up a, a case that they weren't celebrating LGBT. And, and this is what's so problematic was that it, exactly like what Tim said was that before I had started any of this, I had done my research to find out if they were if if it, this was something that they needed to do, as they were trying to convince parents that this was something that they needed to do. And there was no legislations, even though as Tim said, there's guidelines, but that's for the school to choose. But there was no legislations to do it. So of course, when they went to court it was very difficult for them to stand there and say that, um, you know, it was very difficult that they were, that they could support why they did what they did. So instead they just basically distanced themselves from anything to do with LGBT. So, so if I understand it right, then they were saying that the, the rainbows that were all part of this were nothing to do with LGBT and, and kind of gay pride and these sorts of things. Um, and, uh, and that and this this event was just generally nothing to do with pride, like exactly, exactly. I mean, I was go like on. I actually sat there thinking that they were going to defend um, why they did it. I didn't actually think that we, I was going to sit there and you know be listening to them say that this was nothing to do with LGBT. Absolutely nothing. This was um, the rainbows was like COVID. We were told it was just you know, another thing, you know, rainbows can mean many things. Um, they were told that rainbows was just about bringing people together. Um, the songs that were, they were singing. It was really about were, Noah's Ark, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it, it was, was really, no, it was not, yeah, no. Nothing to do with they weren't told anything. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to do with Noah's Ark. It was just bringing people together. Oh, he's being sarcastic. Sorry. <laughs> I can't help, hold back sometimes. Yeah. Um, so Tim, just, um, how, how has this case gone down in the public opinion? Because there's been lots of coverage over, over in the last few weeks. Tell us uh, what's what's happened. Well, I think there's been a huge sympathy, actually, for Izzy over this. I mean, yeah, the headline story, four-year-old forced to go to Pride March. Everyone, everyone just thinks that's wrong. I mean, I went on uh, Talk TV, actually, I think it was last week, um, about this up against a gay activist. And by the end of the interview, the gay activist basically coming around, yes, no, a four-year-old should not be forced to do this. If that's right, that's the school overreach. So, yeah, even the gay activist who's on there to disagree with me and try and defend the school comes around and says, no, no, actually, no, that is too far. We shouldn't be doing that. Um, that was my experience. And I think um, every media out there that I've seen pretty much has been supportive of Izzy's position and, and saying that, yeah, surely this isn't right. Sure, this is not what should have happened. Um, and so I think there's been huge sympathy for Izzy in, in the court of public opinion. Um, and it's been great to get that and see that. And I hope the school has seen that and is fully aware of that as well. And um, yeah, it'd be good to, you know, we're looking forward to the judgment, which could be another four or five weeks, I think, isn't it? I think that, um, you know, from what I've heard, you know, obviously the school was, you know, school lawyers were trying to sort of retell the story, but, you know, I gather by the end of it, Izzy, you may think differently that, the judge seemed to have be able to see through that and and was was realizing that no 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 you can't say the pride flag is really just a rainbow flag and it, it doesn't really work and 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 things so we're, we're optimistic and hopeful 
that in this case, you know, which um, is he's bringing against the school for discrimination because they did discriminate against her and against her child for the Christian beliefs. Um, that that would um, that she would win this case at least on one of those grounds, and then that sends a message, hopefully, to other schools um, and other teachers that you can't just impose this kind of stuff on kids without you know, parents in conscience disagree with it. And Izzy, you were made Rod Little's heroine of the week, I believe. Yeah, as well. <laughs> it's quite quite something, isn't it? Um, yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> it's um, I guess it's you know, it's probably changed a bit over this time um, that, you know, over these four years, because I think people are a bit more aware of these sorts of issues now and uh, and groups like Mermaids and not just Stonewall and, and what's happened to their reputation, but groups like Mermaids, Educate and Celebrate, and people are waking up to how how some of these groups are influencing schools um, mm. in bad ways. Um, you know, you've had some kind of pushback in some of your media appearances from uh, people as well. You know, do you, do you sense that, the tide's turning a bit in any in any way in terms of public opinion yeah definitely i think um compared to about you know four years ago um three four years ago i i was you know hailed like you know somebody who's trying to stop people living their lives and i think people you know are finally get, getting it but this is about you know choice you know, and we are, you know, we we believe in free will and, and people's choices to to live how they want to live. And I think the understanding was that, you know, somehow, you you know, you're a bigot, you're trying to force your, you know, religion in the schools. And I think people understand that, no, we're not. We're actually saying the opposite. We're saying, you know, everyone should, you know, go to school and everyone should be free of this agenda that is clearly in these last, you know, um, three, four years, it's been clear that this is an agenda. You know, schools are hiring these organisations, Educate, Celebrate, Mermaid, Stonewall, to come into schools and, and to brainwash children into, you know, following a certain lifestyle that would only benefit them, to be honest, not the children. So I think, you know, parents are get, get, you know, finally understanding the damaging effects that this, you know, can have on, on you know, in the schools. And, and like I said, with the court case, you know, we, you know, the either way of, of, of the side, but I, I think it is quite deceptive because even if the school win, they would only win on the based on the fact that they, you know, they weren't teaching LGBT. And I think that's important for people to understand that a win for the school wouldn't necessarily be a case that they can go ahead and, you know, start hanging rainbows everywhere because that was one of the things they claimed that they, you know, they weren't doing. So I think it would only be a case that the school should continue doing what they claimed that they were not doing in the first place, which was not celebrating LGBT. And so, so Izzy, like, Four, four years ago, ordinary parent sending <laughs> sending her four year old child to school, um, you know, now now you're kind of appearing on TV shows and radio shows and these sorts mm -hmm. of things, and and obviously have got into the public public, public light, and you know I imagine that's been uh, difficult in some ways and encouraging in other ways. How how's it been? Um, you know, has it been a challenge for you? And um, and how has uh, has your own faith? Um, developed and uh, and gone as as you've gone through these few years so I, I definitely would say that my this you know God can use you for many purposes and God can definitely use bad situations for good he can turn everything around 
and um, you know he will make everything work in your favor. And this has definitely worked in my favor for my faith. We have become so much stronger in our faith. If you're going to stand for something, you have to stand and understand it and believe in it. So we have been pushed further into what we believe. And I, I, I feel that, you know, our life has turned around. We're just strong in our faith. We stand for Jesus. And I think in all of this, what I, I think has happened is I just believe that, like, I'm a vessel. I, I, I go back to my normal work. We was doing our normal family life. But whenever possible, we just use it as a vessel. It's the message that, if that's important, not ourselves. So it, it, that's what I, I just think. I just think, well... You know, whenever we're called to stand, we must stand. That's so encouraging to hear. And I know that lots of people who uh, are supported by the Christian Legal Centre start off um, in a fairly timid state and kind of wondering if they can even push back against what's what's happening, um, whether it's them losing their job or uh, things that are going on in school, these sorts of things. But they find as they stand, then God keeps on giving them the strength to continue to stand and and they find all kinds of unexpected um, joy and growth in their spiritual life um, uh, in doing that. And so we obviously encourage our listeners, our watchers, do the same. Stand for Jesus uh, in all that you do. Um, and when these sorts of things happen, obviously, we're very happy to stand by you at the Christian Legal Centre at Christian Concern. Um, but but first of all, we, we must stand for Jesus. Tim, I wonder if you have any kind of final thoughts on this story and these issues. Well, I think the main thing that comes across is well done, Izzy, really, because that was, um, you know, facing in the face of all of that intimidation and bullying and um, how do you put it there? They were kind of um, taunting you. Um, you. You know, you stood your ground. You weren't intimidated. You didn't allow them to bully you. You didn't allow them to pressure you and try and pull the wool over your eyes and all that kind of thing. And and um, I'm just praying and hoping that we get a win in this case and that the school is embarrassed by this and that it actually forces some change there as well. I hope the head teacher resigns and um, and we get a proper change there and a proper turnaround there and that it sends a message to other schools up and down the country that you can't enforce this stuff, you can't impose this stuff on young kids. And why are we, why are we, why, honestly, four-year-olds, LGBT ideology, where does this come from? What, who, who thought that was a good idea ever for anybody really to do this? I mean, it is extraordinary and it is... A crazy society we're in but i do sense there's a bit of a pushback stonewall has fallen from grace mermaids has fallen from grace we need more of this to happen and you know obviously we've seen a massive pushback against transgenderism in scotland and, and nicola sturgeon falling on her sword over that as well so there is some real pushback on some of this stuff now happening and i think you know th there's a bit of a bandwagon there let's get more parents mobilized let's get more teachers and christian teachers and others mobilized as well and let's uh, stand up ground on this and not let the bullying ideology uh, intimidate us. And well done, Izzy. And what an example and inspiration you are to many, many parents out there as well, I know. That's definitely true. I mean, thank you so much to everyone who's been watching and uh, and giving their comments. There's so much support for you there, um, Izzy. And I hope you know that we, you know, that all, that all of the thousands and thousands of people who are on our, our uh, email list and these sorts of things, you know, they're right behind you and they're praying for you um, and they're praying for this result that we go the right way. Um, and on that topic, um, if you want to find be one of the first people to find out uh, about the result in Izzy's case, then definitely um, join us on our email list. Uh, Christianconcern.com slash hello is an easy way to sign up. Uh, you get updates, including on Friday, our weekly emails. 
Um, but we'd love to, to see you join us there and, um, and be part of this movement that stands up uh, for what's right in the world. Um, and, uh, and obviously come back again, same time next week for, for Round the Table. We'd love to, love to talk to you. Make sure you're subscribed, like, pressing the like button, all these sorts of things. Uh, do what you can. But thank you to everyone who's joined us today. And thank you most of all to Izzy. Uh, well, actually, thank you most of all to God who who um, <laughs> who has empowered you to stand in this way and uh, and is obviously with us as we speak now. But but thank you to Izzy to for joining us and and for being uh, an inspiration to us all. Uh, thanks for everyone for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.